Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Open Dialogue, number one podcast based out of Utah Valley, a podcast dedicated to exploring religion, relationships, and reflections of the world and everything in between. Most importantly, promoting a no-filter discussion in an open space, safe space. I'm your host, Samson. Thank you for watching and listening and viewing and spending some time with me and the guest today. All right, let's get right into it. In fact, let me go ahead and give a guest intro. I think this guy needs like the best intro. And like I spent like quite a bit thinking of how to do it. Allow me to introduce the guest joining me today. I met Quincy White in the summer of 2022. Our mutual love of music, basketball, dance parties, and just having a good time led to a friendship that to this day allows me to call him one of my best friends. He currently works in sales over at White Knight Pest Control and was recently married last year in September. I was there. It was a great, phenomenal wedding. I have danced, laughed, gone viral, yelled, and lived with this man. Ladies and gentlemen, Quincy White. Dude, welcome, bro. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Dude, this is crazy. Like, there's multiple, like, it's that camera, that camera, that camera. I know. I feel it's... like you're getting all the angles here. This is perfect. <laughs> I'm excited for this. Dude, thank you for spending some time with me today. Um, I have a podcast, man. I didn't think I would ever, like, get to this stage. I know. I feel like it was, what, maybe over a year ago when we went viral on TikTok mm -hmm. for the dating advice and stuff that I was super interested in starting a podcast with you and James Kozad, of course. But, oh, we love James. Yeah. James, but I feel you. like it just kind of fell apart. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I started dating Hallie um, and I left for the summer to yeah. sell. James moved out, moved out of Alpine and he got married pretty quickly yeah. too and i just feel like kind of everyone went there you know separate ways and so this is a huge opportunity yeah and i'm so glad we're making it happen right now dude i am excited um first of all how are you like how are you doing like first of all i hate this winter. the winter weather sucks yeah genuinely like if you are not from utah you have to understand how bad the weather is like around this time it's terrible oh, for sure well, it's just interesting because I thought that we were going to have, you know, not a wet or yeah. like a wet and wintry weather yeah. this year, just because all of December, I didn't even see any snow. It's annoying. You know? And so now to have it all just coming down at once is pretty crazy. Utah is bipolar. It it's is. annoying. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have two segments today. We're going to have a, if you're on YouTube right now, you're watching us. Um, but after this we will have an audio only segment of the podcast which you can tune into on spotify apple music any major stream platform you have um but for right now you get to experience and look at our beautiful faces that's right but uh quincy let's go back to summer of 2022 that was the first summer i met you we did something that we like to call wedding crashing <laughs> how would how was that, man? Like, what was summer like? Twenty first summer that we were friends. Like, what was that like, man? Well, I'll tell you. In high school, I didn't have like a tight group of friends, like the boys. Yeah. Um, I never really knew what that was, and so I was serving as a service missionary, um, for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Yeah. And I was introduced to you and McKaynell and Nephi mm -hmm. as well, yeah. and just a couple of couple of awesome dudes and. It gave me like that brotherhood that I had always wanted and looked for. And so 
you know, for me to get to spend time with you guys, to get to hang out. We played a ton of basketball. Um, and right towards the end of my mission, you guys had kind of brought up the idea of just going to a bunch of <laughs> random weddings. And lo and behold, it'd be the best thing I ever did because that's how I met my wife was crashing a wedding. Crazy. And so Crazy. it was that first wedding where we crashed it, yeah. um, showed up. I think you were the only one that really knew who um, Ella yeah. and Brayden were. Mm-hmm. I don't even think you knew Brayden. I just knew Ella. Yeah. And so I think, you know, you barely knew her from just the office at Alpine Village. Yeah. And we all roll up. I didn't know anybody. I don't think McKay knew. And crashed this wedding. And my wife was a bridesmaid at that wedding. And we became super good friends with her. And I mean, a couple months later, when I finished up my mission, we, you know, started dating and, and then got married this, uh, just a couple months ago. So. Crash a wedding if you want to meet guys, your wife. If you want guys. to meet your wife, crash a wedding. It's 100% true, dude. We had a lot of fun. I remember actually going to those weddings with you and McKay. I mean, Nephi was there sometimes and just being there and being able to like dance and be silly and be young adults. Yeah, exactly. Young men was one of like my most cherished summers. And I was like going to school. Like mm-hmm. I've been going to school every summer, but like, I remember that be- and being like, yo, those are like key memories. Like those right. are what make or break like friendships and just Absolutely. help you build them. I feel like we're so close yeah. because of that summer. Yeah. You know, even if we're like apart for a couple of weeks and stuff, we always come back together mm-hmm. and feel like we can talk about anything because of the time that we had. It's amazing. It's sick. Speaking about dancing and going viral, this video, I'm going to put it up there, but this video... <laughs> I look so young in this video, for one. And we look ridiculously young. Really? But this was the video where I believe the original video got 1.2 million likes on TikTok. Oh, yeah. And I said maybe two words. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or just in the background, James went off. Do you remember that? Absolutely. I got the uh, the unlimited comments of, I didn't know Josh Allen was here. I didn't know Josh Allen went to BYU. Is that Josh Allen? Discount Josh Allen. Which, yeah. funny enough, when I was at the gym earlier today, this guy asked me if he, if he was using like the squat rack. Yeah. If, if I was using it. And I turned and looked at him and he looked at me like a startle on his face. And I was like, I was like, no, no, I'm not using it. It's okay. You can use it. And he taps me on the shoulder and I turn around again. He's like, dude, have you been told you look like Josh Allen? And I was like, man, it's been a couple months. I want to get a side by side of Quincy and Josh Allen. Just put it up right here. Next Let me you. know in the comments. Are we? Is this Josh Allen 2.0? It has Maybe. to be right. Lead the Bills <laughs> to the Super Bowl right here. That's crazy. Speaking of which, no Bills, no Buffalo Bills. I don't follow a lot of football, but like, man, I don't know. As much as I'm called this doppelganger, I I'm a, I'm a big Cowboys guy, so <laughs> you might get a lot of. How about them the Cowboys? Way. That's right. That's awesome, man. Okay, well. You were just recently married. Mm-hmm. Okay. Married in September. Um, I've got to kind of like speak on the main part of this like video portion of the podcast. I really want to focus on these two questions. We'll go one by one. Okay. Quincy, I want to know what is your opinion as a newlywed? We're in Utah Valley. There's a lot of couples. There's a lot of people getting married young. And that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. That's not a good thing. I don't have any opinion on it. I'm still single. (laughs) But what, in your opinion, as the newlywed, is the best way to find the one? Like in in 
the today's modern society where it's all social media, like what would you say is the best way to find the one? Like you found the one. Yeah, it's a really fantastic question. Um, you know, I always thought that I'd marry someone from like my high school or mm-hmm. someone I knew for, you know, my whole life, just so I could have like a cool story to tell. Yeah. And I definitely lucked out. I had to have the coolest story of how I met my wife. But I would say that, you know, us as, you know, young men living here in Provo, um, there's a lot of good looking dudes, you know, and there's a lot of competition. And so I'd say like the number one thing that a person could do is just get themselves out there. You know, start going to fun events, go to everything that has to do with your ward, um, your buddies. And the more that you are being social and you're out there, the more confident you'll appear. It doesn't even mean you have to be, you know, douchey or, or rude to people or act like you're better than others. Sure. But I'd say the number one thing is go to everything and not even necessarily try to date every single person that's there, but just become their friend. Yeah. You know, try to build some wholesome moments and connect with those people emotionally. And I feel like that is how you'll be able to meet the one. Because I've dated quite a few girls yeah. um, before. And the one thing that was different between me and Hallie than other people I dated was that I was her friend first. Yeah. I mean, kind of forced to because I was mm-hmm. still a service missionary. And But the fact that I couldn't have that physical relationship with her, but yeah. I just had to have it be emotional, was the number one thing that propelled us forward and why I was able to realize that this really is the one. And she thought... I mean, I got lucky. She thought this stuff about me too. So. For sure, dude. I like, I think like, I completely agree because I feel like in my, like I haven't completely like, I'm not there where I feel like I found the one. Right. I'm working on it. For I, sure. I'd like to think I'm working on it. And, but like, I have dated girls previously. And right. like, I even remember, you know, like my last relationship, you were well aware of. For sure. We completely started out as strangers right who were just in the same class and then by just hanging out with each other and just doing very like non i don't want to call them like non-romantic i think that's what it's like non-romantic things right just doing homework or just like being around while we're studying because we're all students and so it's like i think that that is so true when you are able to take out that pressure of oh my goodness i have to be like this hopeless romantic and i have to like impress them with amazing dates right off the bat and just like focus on hey let me just be their friend and try to i found that that's that works most of the time 100 100 percent of the time and i mean i would just agree i mean just go off of what you just said is you're saying that your last relationship despite it falling apart yeah. was so strongly rooted in the fact 100%. that you just talked to each other yeah. and you were around each other and i would even say like you know, in your classes or at church and stuff, just be nice. Be nice to everybody. Like, say hello. You know, you never know how that's going to impact someone's day. And girls nowadays, I know in high school, they didn't like the nice guy. You know, it seemed like they liked the guys that were a little more rude and stuff. But it seems to me, (laughs) it seems to me that nowadays here in college, especially if a girl comes home from remission or if she's been going to BYU, UVU, or even anywhere, any other college, it seems to me that they end up falling really hard for the guy that's really nice and that's just taking care of himself and goes out of his way to serve other people. And that seems to be the time when you find the one you're looking for. Oh, absolutely. For sure. I think that the one is going to be probably in the place you least expect to find it. 
Oh, absolutely. Like, I think it's just like it's not who you're looking for. It's not where you're looking. It's not even like how you're looking. It right. just happens. Well, think about me, right? Yes. You didn't really think I was gonna find my wife at a wedding that we crashed. <laughs> oh, shot. No way. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good. I like those perspectives a lot. Um, and the second like question should be much shorter, I guess. One is just based on the fact that okay, you've now gone through the process. You've you've courted. You've dated. You've been in a relationship, and then right. you've been engaged and married. Yeah. What is the best way? I guess we don't want to like put it for other people but for you what has been the best way for you to date like what should dating look like um i'd say you know not jumping into a relationship super fast yeah um that was something i really decided to take my time on because i had just gotten broken up with mm -hmm. pretty severely yeah um and then a couple weeks later um met hallie which was mm -hmm. awesome and so i i personally wasn't in any position to you know get into a relationship right then and yeah. there but for me it was you know doing a lot of self-reflection and being like okay well now that i've finished my mission and you know as i'm dating i want to get married you know what type of person do i want to be what type of man would i want my wife you know to be in love with or what type of man would i want my kids to look up to and obviously i haven't perfected it yet yeah. um but as i put these goals in place and you know, had this quota of what I wanted to be and what I wanted to do, it kind of catapulted me forward and gave me a sense of confidence to date someone as beautiful as my wife yeah. and to help me just, you know, pursue the passions in my life that I otherwise wouldn't have if I didn't have that confidence. And so did that really answer the question? Yeah, no, <laughs> no, for sure. I think I, I, I mean, there's not a given set way to answer that question in all honesty. I think that it, but I do really, really connect with the fact of taking your time. For sure. And I love that you said your time, not like your buddy's time or your parents' timing or whatever, right. like your time, which your time for some people can be quicker Absolutely. than others. Yeah. I mean, we have a buddy um, who met, a, met his girlfriend in like October and yeah. then they got engaged, or I'm sorry, September, and then they got engaged in December. Yeah. You know, and I feel like that timing for him because of, his past and the things that he's gone through yeah. he knew what he was looking for mm -hmm. um because of past experiences yeah. and he knows that that's what's going to make him the happiest and i'm so happy for him and i can't wait for his wedding and whereas with me i just feel like you know i took a good like two or three months to really decide if i even wanted to be official with my wife which lucky me she didn't leave because that was a long time to wait. <laughs> That's true. And um, but then we dated for a good, you know, six, seven months. Um, after those three months of just really being friends and talking, and so it might seem like a short time for the rest of the world, but um, I mean, in Provo, that's actually quite a while. And then that's a century in Provo. And then I mean, I was engaged for another five months yeah. after that because of doing um summer sales, door to door yeah. sales. And so, I mean, we were together and friends and around each other for a really long time um, compared to Provo. But obviously the rest of the world, I have a couple of buddies that are still dating their girlfriend and they've been together for four or five years and much different life outside of Utah. That's that is okay. Yeah, not at all right. It's really fun. Yeah. It's their timeline. Well, okay. So we, you've mentioned before, and I kind of want to wrap this video segment up for this one, but I really, before we do, want to touch on this point 
for those I assume most are familiar, um, an LDS mission for boys is two years. Um, and these young men are called, set apart to go to somewhere in the world and teach the gospel for two years, basically. So, Quincy, I want to ask you, what from your mission, because I really want to link what your religion and your spirituality has, has made you. Mm-hmm. And so, what would you say helped you the most on your mission in order to become, a, I guess, the husband and boyfriend that you were and husband that you are today yeah it's a great question so i'll i'll kind of give you a synopsis of my mission as fast as i can because i know you want to wrap up the video part but obviously i was called in uh 2020 Mm -hmm. may of 2020 and everyone knows what was happening in the world at their in their lives at that time um and i was called to uh fukuoka japan on my mission and so i started mtc uh in september uh kind of the middle to end of september and about it was nine weeks of home MTC, uh, learning Japanese. So really, wow. really long. And about six weeks, five, six weeks in, um, I got a call from my stake president saying I was reassigned to New York City, which wow, super awesome because that's where my mom served her mission. Yeah. So that's really fun that we got to share that. Um, we were both sobbing in our house, <laughs> just so excited that we got to share a mission. Um, so, I mean, I went out there, I had been in the MTC for like two months. I got to New York city and I think about two or three months in, I started getting like these chronic migraines every single day. I'd wake up and I was so sick, so sick, like to the point where I'd throw up on the street. If I was walking, um, getting up in the middle of the night, throwing up, not being able to sleep because I had just these chronic migraines. So I was in New York for about 11 months. So about half my mission was spent proselyting. And then I I came back and I started talking to my state president, started talking to, you know, doctors and chiropractors and doing all these random things, trying to figure out what the problem was. I was doing acupuncture, took like allergy tests, figured out all this stuff. And and I was praying because I was like, I, I was supposed to be on my mission for two years. You know, and I, I love the Lord and I want to help and I want to take care of, you know, God's children and, and share the message of peace and joy. And it just wasn't in the cards at that time mm-hmm. to continue proselyting. And so as I was praying, I, I heard of something called a service mission. Yeah. And I thought that was super cool. Like the coolest thing that someone could possibly do, especially if health and restrictions didn't allow them to complete their mission or even go in the first place. And so I was, I prayed and it took me about a day and I knew for a fact that if I wanted to serve, that was exactly where I needed to be. And thankfully it led me to all of you guys as my friends and obviously meeting my wife too and creating lasting relationships with people because I was here. But the main thing is as a service mission, I was able to, be a part of something unique and kind of blaze the trail for people that if they did come home, it seemed like it was something normal because to me, I didn't feel like it was something normal. It was more normal to either go back out or, you know, just stop at wherever you were at and continue life, which are all great options. And I don't want to degrade any of those options, but it just, I didn't ever hear of anybody trying to do a service mission. If, they came home a little earlier than expected. And the thing I learned most is that as service missionaries, you're the hands of the Lord. Yeah. And as proselyting missionaries, you're the words 
of the Lord or the mouth of the Lord, which was pretty amazing to hear. That was pretty awful to hear. <laughs> that was the right there. Okay. Yeah, it was it was one of the coolest things because I I mean even myself Satan would do things like oh you're not good enough you know you're not teaching people your mission's less than other people and to me I'd encourage everybody to serve a mission 100%. especially if they have the capacity to do a proselyting or service mission because both will change your life for the rest of your life. Oh, absolutely. And I would say, to, I guess to answer your question, I did a really long story <laughs> there, but to answer your question, what I feel like has helped me and shaped me is that I can have compassion on people um, if their life hasn't gone the way that they had intentionally planned. Mm. And it's helped me that if anything that goes wrong inside my life decides to you know, punch me in the face or it it's kind of has a little bump in the road, that I'm able to just keep going and trust that my Heavenly Father has a plan for me and that as long as I'm doing the things I'm supposed to and I'm choosing to put good things into my life and do things that are going to influence and help others, that it'll be okay. And if I have to change paths or change careers or if I have something extreme happen like divorce or if I lose a child, that I know God has my best interest at heart despite all the bad things that might happen to me. That's awesome. That is great. I, I absolutely love that. And in fact, I've been kind of taking notes over here. <laughs> I swear every time I talk to you, I just learn something. <laughs> but that's awesome. And um, I think that is a great way to summarize it. Um, I served a I proselyte. I didn't have the chance to serve a service mission, but I served a proselyting mission with service missionaries. Oh, nice. And we can't do, I mean, like, the service missionaries were generally the older couples. Right. But like we can't do what we do as missionaries without everyone. For sure. 100%. Absolutely. And so I think the greatest thing that one can do is like you said, being able to blaze a new trail and realize that like, sure, your purpose isn't the same as the person next to you. Absolutely. You have a purpose and you still need to get it done. So I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. Um, and That's so, awesome. yeah, I just want to go ahead and close this uh, video portion out. Thank you for stopping by YouTube and uh, checking us out and staying with us, our beautiful faces. Um, but the podcast is not over. We will continue uh, going on the podcast. And if you're on Spotify or any major streaming platform, you'll be able to hear the rest of the episode. But thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, we will see you on the other side. Thank you, YouTube. Yeah. Now we can just, now we can just chat. Let's chat it up. That's gonna be fun to edit. Dude. This audio. I love it. Um hey guys, we are still rolling from if you're joining us from YouTube or watching. If you haven't, I know you've probably listened to a little bit from Spotify and any major streaming platform, but um if you haven't watched um the first part because I cut out the first part on purpose so you can go watch it on YouTube. Um, go ahead and check that over at our YouTube channel, Open Dialogue Podcast. But um, let's, keep on, let's keep on rolling here. Um, let's keep on going, I should say. But uh, Quincy, we've talked about a lot, okay? Yeah, we have really built into this. <laughs> I kind of want to hit a re like really quickly. There we go. Tweet. I'm just getting some things here. 
I want to hit real quick what I got from what you we just talked about. Okay. Okay. Just to recap. Okay. When it comes to dating and relationships, guys, take your time. And big emphasis on take your time. Okay. Your time is not your friend's time. It's not your parents' time. It's your time. So whether that is three months, six months, a year, five years, take your time. Um, Quincy, you said something about putting yourself out there. Yeah. Um, making sure that you're just out there. You don't you can't really meet anyone or find the one if you're sitting on your butt doing well, for nothing. Sure. And I understand like feeling shy. Yeah. You know, and wanting to, you know, not really step out of your comfort zone. But I mean, being married for the last like four months, I've had to step out of my comfort zone in my personal life, you know, and really push myself to get up every single day, work all day long for yeah. my family mm -hmm. and i mean if you're not able to step out of your comfort zone it's gonna be really hard if you do find the one and you have to change things about yourself you know and i mean i'm not gonna lie when we were roommates sometimes i would just kind of relax and <laughs> take a day you know and that's just no such thing now yeah. i mean we got to pay all the bills you know and so and my wife that, was man. my wife was in school fair yeah. school and so mm -hmm. i was 100 paying for everything yeah um, and so, you know, if I took a day off, it would, it's costly. It's super costly. Dang. It's, it's, it's a crazy world when all of a sudden, you know, you know, Quincy, you know how I realized I was an adult. I'm sitting in class the other day and we're talking about, I don't even know what we were talking about. No, no, it wasn't class. It was, um, study session, okay. studying with some of my friends and I'm sitting around this table right? and all of a sudden this guy i just met him that day he goes guys i got a brand new blender for christmas <laughs> not even joking i was and we were like yo dude that's what's up yeah i realized we were adults for we, sure we are now in a world like at an age i should say where like we're getting excited about household items you know you want me to tell you what my mother-in-law <laughs> bought me for my birthday go for it i was please. so hyped she bought me protein powder. Mm. That was the best gift. That is amazing. It was fantastic. Wow. Yeah. And I was so stoked. I couldn't wait to just drink a protein shake. Bro, first of all, protein, ch chocolate oh, is sure. the only flavor I will drink yeah. of protein. I do a chocolate, banana, peanut butter with two raw eggs. And it seems to be the perfect mom. Raw eggs in there? I do. I'm in my rock. Bro, you're like in a phase. primal state. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. But okay. So and then you also also mentioned something about being be the new normal. I mean, in my own words is what I put it as be the new normal, which is like, right. don't be afraid to do something outside of the ordinary, right? And sure. your own trail. Yeah. I think it's super important that, you know, we try our best not to you know, be like other people or I think it's important to have role models, of course. Um, but I think what's the most important is to make sure that we're blazing the trail that's going to be best for us um, in all areas of our life. And I think that the more we do that, I think that the happier you're going to end up being in your life. So, yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, I have to get up and grab my phone for the next segment. Um, but yeah, so. Okay, Quincy, this next segment we're going to do, this is what makes this podcast this podcast. Sure. We call it Open 
question. Right. I'm open questions. I don't really know what we don't want to call it, to be honest. It will evolve as we go. For sure. This is where I go on my social medias. I go on the podcast social media. I go on my social media. Mm-hmm. And I ask people to send in questions. Okay. Any questions. I don't care what it is. And randomly going to pick some questions. Okay. And I'm going to ask them. And you're going to just give you, you have no idea any, like you may have known what we were going to talk about before. For sure. But these are random questions. I so, love it. That's perfect. Let's do this. First one that we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Zach underscore Will. Zach underscore Will says, Quincy, what does BYU need to do to win a game in the Big 12? Oh, my goodness. I mean, we could be here for 45 minutes. So I think BYU should do it. Um, some takeaways, I've, wa- I've watched every game, and I've even watched the highlights over yeah. and over just because, I mean, we both love basketball Cougs, more than yeah. anything. Okay. And I really think that the Cougs will pull it together, mm-hmm. um, but I think that they're just starting to understand the physicality of the Big 12. I mean, these are legit schools. And I think we got pretty complacent and, you know, content with the teams we were playing. And, and no discredit to any of those teams. But, I mean, there's a difference when you're playing, you know, Portland versus our, instead of playing like. No offense, Portland. Yeah, no offense you're, to you're Portland. Good, they were the first team I could think of. <laughs> um, like Portland or if you're playing Baylor, you know, or if you're pl- playing like a Texas or an Oklahoma. Like these teams are legit, you know, Houston, Kansas, they're all fantastic programs um, and so many more inside the Big 12, but they're really good programs and they're highly recruiting people. There's a reason they're power five, you know, and so I think that BYU is just kind of learning that they're in the big leagues now, you know, they're not like this little independent school anymore. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think like it's for those of you who, I mean, for those of you already know, I am a basketball manager for the team so i get to be at practices right and we have the most talented individuals on this team like we have some crazy talent this year and it's for sure quite amazing to see the big jump and the big growth for us um but um yeah i think that you are right i think we just need to do us it's something that coach pope has repeatedly said to the media and stuff like that but like um do us like when we're us, we win. I think uh, I love watching Dawson Baker play. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he should play a little bit more. Um, I say even maybe start. Um, and then having that fuel of Jackson Robinson come off the bench. Because I think, you know, Trevin Nell, he's, he's an awesome shooter. But I just am not finding many people that are creating shots. And Ali um, is awesome at, you know, passing and stuff like that. But I don't see any people that have the handles in the move to create a shot off the dribble like I do with Jackson Robinson and Dawson Baker. And maybe the players are limiting themselves. Maybe they're not having the confidence to do it. But for me, in the, what is it, 15 games they've played? They're 12 and 3, right? I yeah. believe. Yeah. Uh, so, we, we are 12 and 2. 12 and 2? Yes. I think Utah, Cincinnati, Baylor. Oh, yeah, 12 and 3. 12 That's and right. 3. Yeah. I really want to forget that Utah game. Just, I'm telling you guys, I want to forget that one. For sure. So I think that in those 15 games, I haven't really seen much of people creating shots for others. And that's the most important, I feel like, asset on a court 
is if someone can create a shop not only for themselves but for other people. And I feel like Dallin Hall is trying to do that, but I don't feel like he has the confidence quite yet to hit those big time shots. He did in that one game earlier this year, which was awesome. Yeah. But as I watched him against like Cincinnati and Baylor, like he just wasn't quite what I was thinking or what I was looking for in that role. Um, but a phenomenal player, really awesome player. Awesome. Sweet. Sweet. Okay. Thank you, Zach underscore Will, for your question. Appreciate it. And and as always, guys, if you have any questions, anything that you'd like to uh, throw at our guests without notice, of course, um, please make sure to reach out to any of our social media handles. Find a way to contact us. We'll get your question up. Last question for this segment is from Nico Riggs at Nico Riggs. He asks, how would you suggest to both guys and girls how to navigate today's dating market? Um, I mean, that kind of goes hand in hand with what we were kind of talking about earlier. So I hope people go check out the video. Um, but I think for guys and girls, both like girls, don't be too forward. Like it's, it's the guy's job to come up and ask you. And when he does, don't pretend like you don't like him or you don't want this time of day or anything like that. Cause he mustered up the courage to come over and talk to you. And so if you're a girl, I would say, you know, don't try too hard. And, and when guys approach you, give him a chance because maybe he's not the guy you were looking for, but if that guy's working on himself and he's de dedicated, determined, he has strong roots in religion and he wants to be a dad, that could be a really awesome candidate for your husband. And you might find that he'll surprise you. And as far as guys go, man, you got to muster up the courage. Go over and talk to girls, man. And it, it's easier said than done, of course. But if there's a girl that you think is pretty and you've worked on yourself, you're, you know, pursuing your career and different things like that, why why shouldn't you go up and talk to her? We'll be in the same place That's fair. as before. That's fair. You know, if she says no. Yeah. And so I would say go up there and ask her. Because if she says yeah, you're gonna be in a way better spot after that than you were before. And if she says no, then you're just in the same place as as if you didn't try. And that's a fifty fifty chance. Yeah. And I'm like thinking, I'm like, what well here's the thing. I feel like most guys already understand that it's their job to go ask the girl for sure and i feel like most girls also understand that so they expect guys to come up to them absolutely here's my thing and i kind of want to introduce get your thoughts on this what are you thinking of like if a guy approaches a girl how is the best way because a lot of girls have dealt with terrible guys absolutely let's be honest but not every guy is terrible and so how are you then, in all honesty, for a guy, and, I mean, we can't speak for girls because we're not girls, but for a right. guy, how do you think we then portray that in a way that is unique so that the girl doesn't like, because right off the bat, it's almost like he's talking to me because he wants something. Right. And so yeah. how does a guy navigate that? Like, what do we do? Um, I mean, it's a, it's a great question. I'm sure most guys are, are wondering what that is. I'm um, wondering. <laughs> I think that the the number one thing I would say is is be as direct as possible. So if you're wanting something that you know she might not be wanting, 
probably not the best idea to approach that girl. You know, like read don't the room. Do, yeah, read the room for sure, and and don't do something stupid. But if you genuinely genuinely want to get to know somebody, walk up to someone and genuinely say, "Hey, I think you're really pretty. I saw you from across the room, and I would love to get your Instagram." Hundred percent. And that's it. And then they say, "And I would love to get you know get to know you better." Yeah. You know, and and if you're sincere and you're genuine, and that's really your intentions, they're gonna feel it. Girls are really emotional. That's how they react to most things, and I might get canceled for that. But girls are. are I'm sorry, he meant like ladies. He meant that from a very kind place. Of course, <laughs> of course, they they act a lot on emotion, and so if they feel a, a connection or that someone's being genuine, they're gonna give in, no matter who it is, yeah. because they're intrigued at the fact that someone was genuinely wanting to get to know them better. 100%. And as a man, if you want to date somebody, you need to genuinely understand who that person is. Yeah. Before anything else really happens. And that's when you'll have more success dating people, being with the girl, and all that. That's sick. I, I agree with that. Um, and hey, everyone listening, we want to let you, we want to let you know that your opinion and your perspective matters as well. So if there's anything during this podcast that we've discussed that we've touched, we've touched a lot of different topics today. Um, and time flies when you're talking and having fun. Um, and so we want to make sure that you feel heard. And if there's anything that you agree with, anything that you have your own opinions on, please feel free to contact me on any of our social media handles and we'll get your word out there. And that's kind of the point of open dialogue is that, hey, me, I can sit behind a mic, Quincy or any other guest can sit behind a mic and say what they think. But we understand we are not you. And so please, uh, feel free to comment your thoughts on our YouTube, on our Spotify, Apple Music. Share your opinions and keep the dialogue open. But I think we're going to wrap up for now. I just want to really one more time extend a big thank you to Quincy White, the very first ever historic guest on the podcast for the very first time of Open Dialogue. Um, and if you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to Open Dialogue on wherever you listen or wherever you watch this podcast your participation like i said is very crucial and helps us connect and reach more listeners and viewers like you if you want to be featured on our open questions segment uh, like zach will and nico riggs please send your questions at open underscore dialogue underscore podcast on instagram or make sure to reach out to me on any emails and make sure to follow us on those social media accounts such as YouTube and Instagram to have sneak peeks of upcoming episodes, updates, and more. Don't forget to share our podcast with your friends and family. Ladies and gentlemen, remember this has been Open Dialogue. Quincy, any last things to add? Any last things to say? We're blessed to be the first one on the show. I love it. Score. Dark man. Remember guys, this is the podcast where every voice matters. And until next time. Keep the dialogue open.